Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode, Tristan and Nick interview Josh Team, the president of Keller Williams, about the future of real estate. They discuss the impact of technology disruptors like Open Door, Zillow, Realtor.com, Redfin, and Purple Bricks, and how brokerages like Keller Williams are responding to this shift in the industry. In this interview, you will hear how brokerages are using technology to not only help agents compete in their market, but also maintain profitability. Let's tune in to episode number nine. We've got me, Nick Baldwin, and today we've got Josh Team. Josh, thanks for joining us, bud. Of course. Just sped right into this. For those of you who don't know who Josh Team is, he's the president of Keller Williams International, and he's doing an amazing job so far. Great job, Josh. Today we're going to be talking about the future of real estate. For those of you who aren't part of KW, uh, you may have heard about KW Command and a lot of changes that Keller Williams is is doing. Some of you may agree with them, some of you don't, and some of you are just like, yeah, whatever. What? KW. People don't agree with us? <laughs> no. Oh my God, forget it. Webinar over. Uh, done. And <laughs> well, that's very dude, sensitive. You're you're in a perfect position to to talk about really the future of of real estate and where we're heading because. A lot of agents out there, they're and it's no no fault of their own, but we're we're in it every day in the dirt. We're working, we're going door knocking, calling, whatever we're doing, we're in it. And sometimes we don't pick up our heads to look where we're at. And a lot of agents don't realize that we're right in the middle of a shift, not a market shift, but really a shift in the industry and where it's heading. And we're being attacked by companies like Open Door. And Zillow, Realtor.com, and even in some cases, companies like Redfin and Purple Bricks. And then you have companies like like Keller Williams and other companies that are jumping on board and taking advantage of the technology that's around us in, in a positive way that can help agents. Now, how do you see the world for agents changing in the next few years with all with all this shift? So I'll break down what you just said a little bit and how, and how we really see it. And again, uh, to your point earlier, we know that anytime you make bold statements about an industry, A, you're always going to be wrong because there's going to be a couple of edge cases that are, don't apply to this, but, but directionally. And then there will be people that agree and disagree. But this is the way we kind of see this, which is technology doesn't make people want to buy or sell more homes. And this is where the conversation gets confusing because when you say, or people in, indicate that the real estate industry is under attack by technology, they go, well, that's not true because uh, technology doesn't change how people want to buy or sell homes. And that's completely true. That's an accurate assessment. So what, what do we mean by this? And, and here's what we mean. Uh, the amount of people buying and selling homes has a lot more to do with market conditions and inventory. And that the market conditions and inventory, the only really indicators into the available commissions available in the industry. So we know that technology 
doesn't change the demand side or the supply side of real estate. Those are those are dictated by other variables, such as how much how many people want to sell and buy, and how's the economy doing. So that means that technology is going to come in and provide and do, but will have an impact. And when you look at all the companies you mentioned, so Redfin is out there talking about a one percent commission. So independent if they're getting the deal or not, they're out there training the world that the, the listing, the the going rate, the market price of a listing is one percent. You've also got Open Door, who's offering a 1% commission to agents in their transaction. You got Purple Bricks, 1%. You have all these technology, which are basically discounters using technology to scale, offering a one, trying to set the market price at 1% to take market share. And so because there's not more or less people buying or selling homes, in order for them to achieve their revenue goals, they've got to take the, the inventory and the available commission away from the traditional real estate agent and, and move it over into their model. And they're trying to do that by setting a price of 1%. If you compound that, so we see that the average commission, I think is like 2.6 or 2.7% or on average. And they're out there setting a price at 1%. That's gonna put downward pressure on what, what agents, what the market rate of agents can be. So it's like if you're selling shoes, and tomorrow, a bunch of people went out and, one is, and you're selling shoes for $100. And tomorrow, a bunch of other people are selling similar shoes for $10. You may not have to go all the way down to $10, but you're going to have to answer some questions of why you're at 100 So you may have to go to 90 or 80 Got and it. So now, the profit margin of a realtor could go down if nothing else changes. Now you enter technology. Because what technology can do, if done correctly, and you don't have to pay for more money for technology, which is why Keller Williams is doing this, is if we can if we can add scale and automation and reduce operating costs for agents, then they can continue to compete in this marketplace and actually maintain their profits by doing more deals with less time and less cost. So that independent of what's happening in the market, independent of how they're having to negotiate or how many deals they're doing, that if we can remove their fixed costs around having a bunch of VAs or a bunch of tech spend or letting them do lead generation on their own, then we can give those cost savings so that they can run more profitable businesses even in a time when commissions may be compressed. And that was a long-winded answer, but that's kind of the operating thesis that we have. Well, I have two questions, but Nick, do you have anything in between first? So what I'm getting from that is, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so anybody can take market share by lowering their commission. I mean, that's just, there's a couple agents in my immediate market that they're just crushing it with Fizbo's and that's because they're going in there saying, I'll list your house for 1%. Any agent with a license can do that, right? And so what's happening is that's impeding, a, that's, in, that's moving over into and cutting into our bottom line. And it's kind of, it's kind of taking away the ability for us to to spend money on our business. If, if other agents are going out there and they're essentially lowering. Setting a price. The, exactly. So and when I talk about. The one little, one little fact on that, what's really interesting, one thing to keep an eye on is even, and so in, in the local nuanced, the local discounter hasn't ever made material changes because they've all been local. And so that as soon as the market shifts, they don't have enough scale they kind of don't survive. And so that's why you'll see these people talk about as soon as the market shifts, the discounter goes away. The difference here is that the, these discounters are backed by public 
funds so that they can weather storms. And, and the question is, if they have enough capital, do they actually grow in a shift where people are looking to pay the least amount of commission possible or do, are they actually hurt harmed? And that's an outstanding question we don't know the answer to because as, as awesome as Redfin is on the technology side, the truth is they haven't nailed the human side of this and that's actually impeding their market share. They're not, they're not, they're not dominating market share and that's why their stock reflects that challenge. And so actually, these are the open questions. That's true. I actually, I actually feel that this moment in time where the market is, like Tristan said, we're, we're, in a, we're in a market shift in terms of housing, but we're also in a technology shift in, certain, in terms of our industry. So I actually feel for these companies like Open Door, you know, Zillow looking into doing what Open Door is doing, companies like Knock, I actually feel that it's the market, it's going to be so much harder for them to succeed in a, in a market like this when it's so much harder to sell a house, right? When it's so much harder to get it off their plate, right? Because they don't have that human touch. We're a relationship business at its core. And granted, we might not be needed as much to actually find the house for the agent. That's right. But we are needed to, to navigate the agent through a process that's extremely excruciating and emotionally draining and, and, and financially draining. That's and so exactly. that. And that's never changing. That's that's never no. changing. What 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 is happening though is is and, and uh, the example. So, so I'll, I'll give the analogy at the end. But so Tristan asked, how do I see all this impacting and moving? And and that's exactly right. The the I buyer segment we don't ever see that getting into double digits. The 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 uh, of of the market like we it's it's a it's distressed buy, distressed sellers. It's people that have a ton of equity and highly planned suburban areas with predictable inventory. Like it's such a small segment of all of real estate. We don't see that ever going, uh, being like the way that people buy and sell homes. We don't see that path. And what you, we do see though, Nick, is 100% agree with you, which is the role of the realtor will shift from this functional getting you in the search side and the top agents will be the ones that shift to this fiduciary that's actually guiding you as a consultant, as an advisor, as a local, as a trusted local expert through all the nuances and challenges and the emotional draining experience of buying and selling the most financially dependent thing in your life. Like that, well, that Josh, is where agents are going to thrive. You mentioned something when you were responding to my question, and I felt that you were saying that the commission of the real estate agent is going to be reduced in, in these next 10 years or so. Uh, what do you what do you feel about that? I'm not sure if that's what I yeah. understood you were saying. No, yeah, so I do believe. I, I, I mean, Asian commissions do this. If you go back and look historically, but they do this like very micro level. So you'll see it go from like 2.8 to 2.7 to 2.6 to 2.5 to 2.6 to 2.7 to 2.8, and depending on the market and the inventory, agent commissions correlate much more to the local market than they do to anything else happening at the national macro level. And so I think you're gonna see a natural ebb and flow of commissions as when market's good and, and, and capital is plentiful, people come in to try to set a price. So to compete, people might drop a couple deals here or there. So the average commission goes down a little bit, then the market shifts and they go away. And so people can charge a more of a premium. So I think you're gonna see a natural ebb and flow. What I'm saying is in that ebb and flow where technology can help is allowing agents to do more deals with less operational expenses and providing a better customer experience. That's, that's true, what, but 
don't you feel like don't you feel like with the technology that that we're seeing in place with these big companies coming in don't you see these big companies taking a piece of that commission and eventually lowering it down into the whole real estate world that we're in Absolutely. This is like the thing that that we, uh, you know, Gary gets animated with Brad on stage about, or you'll hear us talking at Family Reunion because, and 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 maybe we said said in the simplest way possible, if this is the if this circle represents the entire sum of the available commission, mm-hmm. this part of the circle goes to lead generation. This part goes to technology. This part of the circle goes to E&O. This part of the circle goes to this, 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 this. Because we know technology isn't making more, more people buy more homes for more money or more higher commission, that pie isn't getting bigger. So the only path Zillow and these other companies have to grow is to take a bigger piece of this pie. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning that the pie that the agent gets to take home every day has to get smaller for that to happen. And that's the part where we're trying with you know, the top of our lungs say, just drive awareness that, that Zillow is, an, is, an, is a great product from the sense of it creates value for consumers and for um, agents. There's M agents that made a lot of money on Zillow. And Zillow's only path to growing revenue is taking more commission out. And their, va- their market valuation right now is so high they have massive pressure to grow revenue. This is why you see them going into iBuyer. This is why you see them trying to get to the referral program. This is why you see them trying to get creative ways. And the way you can sum up all those creative tactics is we need more realtors commission without saying it. And so they're gonna do everything they can to take more of the pie so they can grow revenue to appease shareholders because that's what they have to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, so Josh, so I just wanna make make a comment. you know, because it is true that there's only so many zip codes in America you can sell, right? That's There's a ceiling. There's a ceiling when it comes to like Zillow selling zip codes and now they're moving on to agent commission. There's only so many zip codes you can sell. That's and right. so I know that Gary says, listen, the, 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 the goal for a real estate agent is to net 40% of what they make every year. Bring that home, right? And that's essentially the portion of our commission that Zillow wants to take or that realtor wants to take or that any of these companies want to take is essentially 35 to 40%. There is the net that you need to take home. And so I personally feel that the reason why that model could feasibly work is because there are so many agents that don't think like business people and they will say, Hey, if I don't have to pay out of pocket for that lead, I'm going to do it. And unfortunately that's going to, that's going to hurt everybody. Right. Who, yeah. who do, who do I, like business people? I made a Facebook post about this last year, and it was after I did a conversation, and it was before anything was announced. So this was before Zillow bought a mortgage, and this was before Zillow bought got an iBuyer. This is before Zillow launched the referral program, and I and I actually laid out like I believe Zillow will buy a mortgage company, open up brokerages, move to a referral program, require you to use their CRM, facilitate the showings. And then actually uh, pay a, a a flat fee to agents to open the door, and that's when it will flip. And and the, my premise was this: if you give me sixty seconds to elaborate, yeah, I said that Zillow right now has shown their revenues is not growing by charging more agents for premier agents because the amount of agents that they will pay for that are fixed and how much they'll pay are fixed. They they can't raise the pricing more, and you saw revenues drop. 
So Zillow has a problem. They have to make more revenue to sh- if you shareholders to, to, to keep their jobs and blah, blah, blah. So the only path forward to this is they're going to say, hey, instead of us, instead of you paying us for leads, you don't want to come out of pocket. Why don't you, we'll send you referrals. That way you only get paid when it closes. And the agent says, that's awesome. And then <laughs> they go, and by the way, you don't want to waste your time. We heard feedback and we don't waste your time on bad leads. So we're going to qualify the lead with the Zillow bank. And the agent goes, well, I don't like that because I got my MSA, but okay, I get it. And then they go, well, because this is our lead, because it's a referral, and we're taking the, make, we're, we're making sure that, it's, that they're pre-qualified, and we only get paid if you close it, we, have to, we need you to use our system, and we need to listen to the calls. And so that because we have to make sure you're servicing our clients better. And something very interesting just recently happened. It moved from them selling leads to you to them, them giving you their clients. And that's why they're listening on the calls. So then now that you're now that they're they're sending you a referral that they pre-qualify with their mortgage and they're you're using you're updating all the data on their system, then they're gonna say, well, great, we've gone ahead and updated our app. Now they can schedule showings through the app to go look at the home. I actually only need you to go open the door because uh, that's the and the rep going rate for opening a door is about hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. So thank you very much. And they're able to take more and more of the pie away from everyone else. Interesting, after that post, the, uh, it got a little more attention than I was expecting. And <laughs> they, they, re- they recently... Yeah, you, just, you just type z- the word Zillow in a Facebook status and you have the, it goes viral. Now I know, now I know. But what's interesting is since then, they've bought a mortgage company, they've opened a brokerage license, they moved to a referral, they started asking you to use their CRM and tracking your calls. And so you'll see, you see they're actually going down the only logical path they have to growing revenue which right. now puts them at odds publicly with agents and their new CEO has basically declared that his goal is to remove agents. So he has no, he has no other path. He has to do that to grow revenue. Well, they have so, to watch out for their, yeah. their investors. One question on what you said though, Josh, that I'm noticing is, do you feel that the job of the brokerage then now as a whole, now that we're in this whole world of everything shifting, do you feel that, the company needs to allow the agent to leverage tech a lot easier without investing so much money as an agent or a team? A hundred percent. The role of the brokerage in franchises is always, has always, and will always be providing as much value to agents to allow them to scale as big of a business as they want in any market. And that what that looked like in the eighties is different than what it looks like now is different than it looks like in the future. And right now, the things that agents need the most help with is, is scalable lead generation, handling the functionary through, this is the, the example I give. I love live code agents, you guys are awesome and I follow everything you guys do and, and all the, the, the awesome tech. You're readers. awesome. <laughs> but, but one love of the things that. you'll notice is how many different pieces of software are your agents having to use to provide best in class, both from a team perspective and single agent perspective and a consumer perspective and it's a lot. And so what you realize is all the money and time that those agents are spending logging into different systems or having to learn different systems or onboard people in those systems or managing VAs to do data entry into those systems. All that energy and money and time is being spent on these functionary tasks that don't provide value to the agent getting more market share or closing more deals. And so the role of the brokerage in the franchise is to evaluate the, what's happening in the, in, in the industry and providing as many tools and as much value to their associates as possible to allow them to take a one fair share. And right now, in this moment in time, that, in our opinion, is technology.
technology. It's, it's the training and education around how to compete in this evolving marketplace. And, it's, and, it's, and of course, at Keller Williams, we're big on culture. So it's all about culture. And we think culture is the kind of the mortar that keeps those two bricks together. So I, I want to I want to just veer a little bit to something that I that I that I that I love, right? So, well, I've always thought this is what I was, and I know Tristan's agree with me. I, I've always been an advocate of listen. You can't you can't pull feeds from realtor. You can't pull feeds from Zillow. We're 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 way beyond withholding information. That's not even what we need to be focusing on right now. We need to be focusing on right. We need to be focusing on because listen, that's just going to open the door for people can put their homes on Zillow for sale, but they don't need us to do that. We need to be focusing on what else can we offer that they cannot, right? How can we make the experience more personal? That's right. They can't do that, right? Too much goes into that. And we see it all the time on Amazon. We see it on on Netflix. We see it in our Facebook feed. Facebook is a one-to-one experience, even though it's a website for everybody. Amazon is a one-to-one experience. My Amazon page doesn't look like yours because of our buying habits. My Netflix page doesn't look like yours because of our viewing habits. That is something that we as agents can do. And that's part of the value that we need to start bringing. We need to stop talking about pulling the feed. We're way past that, like I said. That should have sold. Offer much more, much deeper insights into local markets. The way that, I I couldn't agree more. And the way that, that if you think about this, we shouldn't try to out Zillow Zillow. Zillow's Zillow, and they're, they're great at that. No, by the way, I don't have a problem with Zillow. They're a business they deserve to make money. We just need to think outside the box a little bit. Exactly right. And what I'm saying, and what, what you hear me saying is, is they have, a, they have an advantage in they've been doing this technology website thing for a long time, and so they're, they're, they're good there. Here's the advantage they don't have. They're not belly to belly, hand to hand, eye to eye with every consumer and homeowners across the country talking about their life. And that's the advantage we have. And to your point, we imagine at a digital experience that is not a one to many. Like, it's like if I go to Zillow and you go to Zillow and we both type in Austin, Texas, we get the same experience. We think that's an, that's an opportunity for realtors to change the game. And like mm-hmm. you alluded to, Netflix, Amazon, Facebook. If I go to Amazon and you go to Amazon, if I go to Facebook and you go to Facebook, Facebook, we have a completely different experiences because we, we can create, they created a curated experience, but because real, real estate is so personal, Zillow and Redfin and Purple Bricks and Open Door, they, there's no software code out there that allows them to go and have a human relationship with that. So here's where, here's where we have a competitive advantage that we believe and we've been investing in and talking about and people agree and disagree with us. And that's what's awesome about this industry. But if we <laughs> can take the superpower of the agent, which is being belly to belly, eye to eye, you know, working on real estate deals and marry that with a curated one-to-one experience that is on the web, on the website, that's on their mobile app, that is the remote control of real estate. And that's connected to their realtor who they love and trust. And that realtor then can use that technology to infuse it with real estate conversations that can be met as on demand for the consumer. We win. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example that I think is, it, it illuminates this point at a high level. I hear a lot of agents talk about that the clients nowadays want an on-demand agent. And I struggle with that because I'm a consumer and I don't want an on-demand agent. In fact, when I'm doing a deal with my, with my agent, 
I want to talk to them as much as they want to talk to me. Like, I want to go play with my catch with my son and, and hang out with my wife. Like, I don't, I don't want to be talking about, you know, with my agent about what's going on with escrow. I want to be living my life. But the, what I do want is I want on demand information. And, and the example I give is like in the nineties, when the pizza guy didn't show up with my box, I'd go and I'd call the pizza shop. Well, I didn't yeah. want an on-demand pizza shop. I wanted to know, I want on-demand information about where my pizza is. <laughs> and when the Domino's pizza tracker came out, it removed my need to be calling and wasting Domino's time answering their, their call. I can see the information myself. This is also what Uber solved, which they gave on-demand information to the consumer. Where's my car and where are we going? And so the on-demand information removes the need to be an on-demand agent. And we believe that when, when you take the, the realtor, the physical and human relationship of a realtor, and you marry that with technology and give it to an experience so that the consumer can have on-demand information, we all win. And so one of the things we're launching, Keller Williams, uh, later this year in our new consumer app is all the one-to-one stuff, neighborhoods. We're doing data alliances with, with exclusive data on Nextdoor and Google to create some unique value to our agents. But in addition to that, the remote control so that when you're walking, when the consumer is walking through a transaction with a KW agent, from the time they 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 go to a, a, li- a listing or showing appointment and doing a needs analysis to the time that they do a they schedule showings, they they view their houses, they curate what they liked and didn't like, they put in offers, all the way down to closing, all that's tracked in their phone step by step, so the consumer knows where we are at any given time and what's next and what's been happening on the back end. And the agent didn't have to do a lot of work; they were just doing the deal inside of the command or their CRM as normal and all that was being broadcast seamlessly to the consumer experience. So that's where we think we have a, we as a collective group of realtors have a huge competitive advantage over Zillow and Refin, which is we have to take the technology and marry it with the human one-to-one belly-to-belly, eye-to-eye conversations that realtors are having every day. Well, one thing you're not, you're not mentioning that you want to be specific about too, is that it's not that we're competing us as agents like Nick and myself we're not competing with Zillow on, on a national scale here, right? The way that we win is that we focus on our database and we focus on our niche markets using technology like KW's got or, or like other companies have. But, you know, finding that niche and going all in, which okay. helps us go belly to belly. That's right. right. And, and yeah, I mentioned another real quick. Josh, you mentioned uh, the, the example about pizza, right? Which is a great example. So like, when, when that when that happens, I, I I don't I think we forgot one 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 major point. I don't necessarily I don't want to talk to the pizza store. That's right. I just want to know where my pizza is. Right. So let me give you an example. So like, if we're talking about pizza, right? Because now I'm hungry. So we're right. talking about there's a pizza place up here in Michigan called Hungry Howie's. And what I love about Hungry Howie's is that when I order the pizza on my phone or on the computer, it tracks where my pizza is. It lets me know when the order was placed when it's being made, when it's in the oven, and when it's in the car. That's right. So, right? So, like, I never have to go. I don't want to talk to the pizza guy. And <laughs> you said something really important that I think is super cool. You said when your agent calls you asking questions, they don't nec- – if they're calling you, like, 10 o'clock at night, they don't necessarily want to talk to you. There's just information that you didn't give them that they need. They only and it's not that we don't want to talk to our agents – we just want to make sure they have the, the information uh, talk to our clients. We want to make sure that they have the information because when they have the information, they love you even more. Absolutely. The, every, the, what, what people have expect, got learned to, to want and demand is on-demand information. I get that with Amazon, UPS tracking, Uber, ordering a pizza. So why is 
why is it easier for me to track my pizza than it is for me to deal with the, the most expensive financial asset <laughs> of my life? And that's, the, that's what we're trying to solve this year. And, and it's a lot of work. It's, it's a four-year journey. It's a lot of work. It's hard. But that's the fundamental premise. And, and to your point, Tristan, the, the, we're not competing with Zillow on national scale. Like, MN likes to create some fun headlines around Zillow killer and wants to be Redfin. And no, what we want and what we say is Zillow and Redfin are a digital technology standard that we want to, we want to achieve to empower our agents to have. So that they can then create the best experiences. And to your point, Nick, we don't care about the 15 million people or whatever it is that go to Zillow every day. We care about the 330 people that do business with you every year. We care about the 5,000 people in your database. We want those people to be in relationship with you. Let everything else be everything else. That's 100% right. And by the way, I might want to add, speaking of Inman, Josh is sitting down during this interview. <laughs> so I'm glad that that's, that that's happening. Josh, um, why don't you sit down, Josh? Josh, just sit down. No, I will not sit down. Sit. <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about, okay, so I like, I like this conversation. So we're making the experience uh, more one-to-one, more user-friendly, uh, more custom, right? So how, how are we doing that? How are we going to be able to, how are we going to be able to give our clients more of what they're looking for with ease, more streamlined? How's that going to work? Put me on the spot. Let me see if I can pull up my prototype app. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll show it. You're doing that if you want. I didn't know that we were. Uh, these are these are these are live questions. Obviously, not scripted. So, ask me another question. I'll see if I can pull up the. Okay. the uh, what's your favorite pizza? <laughs> Hamburger and pepperoni, obviously. Oh my god, that's super good. All right, so so um. Tristan, ask a question because now I'm on the spot trying to think of one. All right. Well, Josh, here, I have a great question. A lot of agents focus so much of their energy on hating Zillow and hating on Realtor.com, with, especially with what they just did, right? And right. Companies true. like Open Door. But I find that most agents should really be spending their time on focusing on how to increase their business and make themselves more useful and better in the process of making that whole client from user, consumer entry to exit. Uh, why do you think agents focus so much on that, on that victim mentality, dude? What, what do you think it is about agents that do that? That's it. That, that's a, that's a, there's no quotable answer there that's awesome. So it's a, it's a tough, tough question to answer. I'll say, I'll say this. People that I, I think it's because, to your point earlier, What's happening at the macro and what's happening between tech vendor A and who's suing who and who's buying who is such a noise and a distraction that for the most part, the realtors are just focusing on doing what they need to do, being there, being a superpower of being, having great relationships and closing deals and doing lead gen. And, and that's where they're spending their time, which is where they should spend it. And so when, when they look up and a company is now doing something, especially a company that they've, they've been in relationship with and they've had partnership with, and they feel like that company is not doing something to harm them. There's a reaction to that. There's an emotional reaction to that that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel, doesn't feel like we were actually ever partners and, and maybe, maybe you, were, you, were, you weren't being as, as genuine as I had hoped. And that doesn't feel good on, on that side. And what I would advocate is, like I do, when, when people get the better of me sometimes, is uh, I let that fuel me to put in the work I need on making sure my next lead gen doesn't, isn't reliant on them. Uh, and, and maybe make sure that my next deal 
I get five stars on another site or whatever that motivator is. Like, how do we channel that to allow you to grow a bigger scalable business? And because here's the deal and how I see if you're buying leads from a realtor or Zillow. And I think you should ask a fundamental question. Are you buying, are you buying leads or are you buying transactions? Because if you're buying leads, then the next time that person does a deal, they're going to go back to you. If you're buying transactions, then you have to keep going back to them and buying more and more transactions. And if they change the terms of buying those transactions, then, then you're not really running a business. You're running a, you're running a service center. And mm. so you should, uh, there's nothing wrong with buying leads from anyone. But if you're, if you're not effectively converting those leads into repeat business, then you're not buying business, you're buying transactions. And so let that frustration, let that anger, let that whatever motivate you to build a scalable, independent business that no matter where you buy leads from, if you're buying from Zillow, if you're buying from um, whoever you want, turning them into clients for life that are going to be lifelong clients for you to have a scalable business. Well, that's that's important that you brought that up. Uh, you know, you're buying leads. You're not buying leads. You're buying transactions. I love that because here's 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 where agents go wrong, in my opinion. When they are buying leads from one of the major portals or anywhere, for instance, for that matter. They're, they are acting like the door. They're allowing themselves to be the door opener, right? They're allowing themselves to fall into the trap of, I'm just going to pop up out of, off my desk and go show this house. They're being Pop-Tart agents. They're not doing what needs to be done before they meet that person or during the, during the transaction itself. They have already established themselves as a door opener right from the beginning by jumping up out of their chair and opening the door to that house. Can I, give you, can I give you an example of that? Yeah. So I heard a lot a few couple of years ago, people would say, I encourage my agents to go use Redfin. And this would be across all brokerages because Redfin's got a good app. And then Redfin does a, a deal with Remax. And so if you're a Remax agent, well, I hope you enjoy 1%. And if you're not a Remax agent, well, you just told your clients to go use a, another brokerage's app where they're now doing deals with Remax agents only, and they're setting the market price at 1%. And so to your point, no matter where you're getting, like, like, how do we reimagine our businesses from a lead generation to get them off of these portals where I'm only acquiring transactions and then into a new journey that isn't dependent on another business not harming me, where I'm in full control of my business with everyone that I'm in association with. I think that's what you're saying, and that's, that's exactly right, which is how do we do that? Yeah, well, you know, like you said, when you go to these sites, you search a zip code, right? Like I live in 48348, but I'm not going to have a buyer that says I want to live anywhere in the entire zip code. I'm not going to have that buyer. You know, that buyer has a subdivision that they've, you know, that they've identified or they need to be in, you know, a certain distance from the school or whatever the case may be. So, but that's as far as those sites can go. And that's where it goes back to offering more value and more information on a deeper level. Someone says, I want to live in, you know, Clarkston, Michigan, but I don't want to live in all of Clarkston, Michigan. I need to be here, right? I need to be in this subdivision. And so, so if we can offer that value, if we can get even deeper with what we're sending them, that's where we get them off of those portals and we become, we become an agent for life. Well, thank you for the layup. And again, I don't want to sell what we're doing. because By I'm the way, guys, these are not scripted questions. I swear, I swear on my life, they're not scripted questions. It's true. We're just well, the reason, 
the reason I'm saying the layup is because there's one thing that we're doing. Like, we're on a journey. I, mean, I want to be very transparent. We're on a journey. It's interesting to us that the other big franchises aren't playing the same journey to us. And so we, we and you see us kind of have that conversation publicly. And that's where I think people agree or disagree with our strategy. But we did a test with a million consumers. And so one of the things we released out this year is, to your point, all about neighborhoods. So we did an exclusive deal with Nextdoor. So we got all of their neighborhood data. And then we've gone out and we've gotten, we've, we've gotten in direct relationship with all the MLSs. So we've got all the MLSs, we have all the neighborhoods, and now we were able to create a unique experience. So within about 30 seconds, an agent can go in and put anyone in their database on an individualized drip campaign around their neighborhoods and an individualized IDX site just for that customer around the neighborhoods they care about, which they can't do anywhere else right now. No MLSs don't offer that. Um, no, there's no tech product out there that offers that. And then we tested that with a million consumers. And to your point, what we found was against city level, zip code level, or general general alerts properties on what basically the way Zillow, Redfin, and MLS is right now, we saw a 400% increase in open rate and engagement when the emails and the, and the landing pages and the IDX sites were all around their neighborhood, which makes sense. Like if my wife got an email says, What's happened in the last 30 days with the neighborhood that she lives in? That's she's going to open that a lot more likely than what's happening in all of Austin. That makes Very a lot true. of sense. Dude. Real, all right. estate's a, real estate's a local a local business when it comes down to it. So let let's shift quickly over to to a different question, Josh. And I don't know how you'll answer this one. <laughs> uh oh. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do it. Uh, so, go for it. A, I, I feel like. So lab codes is, is pretty broker neutral, right? Yeah. And even though people like say, oh my gosh, you push KW, you push KW, you push KW. But look, we have the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway up on, on Tuesday. So, awesome. so they, just in um, case anyone was wondering. Yeah, just in case. Uh, but nice <laughs> why do you think that that agents get so, so tied up with a brand, like a brokerage brand? And then just push it so hard that they they're blinded to that we're all working together, regardless of what brokerage we're part of. And um, I, I don't know where that comes from. Does it come from the top to the bottom? Does it come from the bottom to the top? Is it, is it just something we're used to doing just by? Yeah, well, I mean, so that's a that's a that's a tough one to answer. But I have an opinion. I have an opinion as a guy. Uh, yeah, so. Come. As a disclaimer, this is not this is not reflect the opinions of KWRI, but as just a guy, I think that there's a part of us. So, anyone that's kind of paying attention to the tea leaves and what's happening realizes that there's compression happening in the industry. You got mortgage companies starting portals. You got real estate companies getting into mortgage. You got title companies buying brokerages. Like you see, like the the, the chairs are moving, and there's there's this massive pressure and and. And there's all this hyperbole with like inside of Inman and, and Facebook chatter around, you know, and with, with very big talk around like, ver- you know, as just like destroy, ver- like destroy and kill and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and so I think all of these drones out there, Josh. Yeah. So I think all of these things feed into like the kind of set the stage. And then, but, but that's just the, the, the theater of it. When you get down to it, in my opinion, and again, you guys are, are been doing this, and in this world a lot longer than me, so you, you probably you know know better. But my opinion is that you see, given that pressure and given what's happening in that landscape, you're seeing people do different things. You're seeing some people double down on the tried and true. You're seeing some people try to reinvent themselves to provide value in the, in the next hundred years. You see some people 
doing kind of both. You see, like you see all these different strategies happening, and and you, you see this in politics sometimes, which is sometimes when people don't have a sometimes the easiest way. Like, like you said, we're pretty bold about where we're going and what the vision we're casting, we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And, and we think that that's, that's, that's our thing. And sometimes right, wrong, or indifferent, other people find it easier or more strategically advantageous to show how they're better or by just showing that they're not someone else. And that um, that can create a narrative that says they're wrong because, so then, because they're wrong, I'm right. And now you're going to have to pick a side. And so, and so are you, are you, I mean, I'm, I'm being, so I have to say the brokerage that's X is doing Y and I agree with them or don't agree with them based off who I affiliate with, because they're all doing these fundamentally different things. So, so is, is raising a ton of money and trying to do these things, which is a completely different strategy than Berkshire, different strategy than Cole Banker, different strategy than Century 21, different. You know, they're doing rebranding stuff. We're all going all in on technology for the agents. Like everyone's doing different things. And so to try to stand apart, people are, you know, some people are being bold about where they're going and some people are being bold about how they're not someone else. And I think that that creates this personality. And I think I I agree with you. Here's what I've noticed. Here's what I've noticed from being a team leader uh, with our company, talking to agents literally every single day, you know, two ten forty, Josh, two ten forty. Uh, so like what I've noticed is it's not about what the brokerage can give the agent. It's not about what the brokerage has. It's about what the agent needs. Mm-hmm. And so we all have these arguments like my brokerage is better than yours. My brokerage could beat up your brokerage. And at the end of the day, we're either we are, we're, we are where we are because our brokerage has what we need or we are where we are because we don't, because we don't know what we don't know. Those are the two things that I've, one of the, some of the two things that I've discovered in having conversations one-on-one with lots of agents from all different walks of life. Can I surmise my answer slightly to that point? The other thing I think is that I think people are being asked to place bets on where they're going to be able to be successful for the next 10 years. And they're feeling that. And that's that kind of that laying the land out. And so if they're associating with a, with a company that's focusing big on rebranding, then they've made a, a decision that that's best for them and their family, that that rebrand, rebranding is the most important thing for them over the next 10 years. If they're affiliating with a company that's doubling down on what, you know, how they've gotten to be where they are, then they're making a decision that that's going to be what's helping them to succeed for the next 10 years. If a lot of the agents we talk to are saying, we think technology and being more tech enabled is where it's going. So they're making a kind of an investment or a life decision. And so I think that plays into it. And then the second thing is real estate is such a relationship based thing to your point, Nick, the, the most important thing a brokerage can do is, is give you daily guidance on how to be a better version of yourself. And that little bit that is, is independent of, some of those taxes I just said, I think those two things and being such an, a relationship based thing and people truly loving who they affiliate with and then having, then kind of being asked to make an investment of where you think it's going to go and what's going to help you succeed in the next 10 years. It's probably a very, it's not probably, it's, this is a very personal human moment in real estate that you're seeing kind of play out like other really human things, whether it be a sporting event or politics. Yeah, I agree. I think the world that we live in just for some reason doesn't allow most of us to see outside of taking sides, right? 
whether it's politics, you know, Democrats, Republicans, or like you said, sports teams, we're just conditioned to, to choose. You have to choose a side, damn it. And then you have to stick to it. And everyone else is wrong. And everybody else sucks. Yeah. So I think once we, we grow above that as real estate agents, so we can, can you then- ask the, the, C- the Berkshire guy, like, you know, obviously we're right. So ask him why he's wrong. I, I'll <laughs> ask Chris that. Yo, Chris, hey. yo, Josh hey. said. Josh wants to know why you're wrong. That's right. Like, why'd you pick the wrong strategy? That's silly. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Yo, I think the challenge is that, man, and, and rising above that to be like, you know what? Remax did this well, right? Or giving credit to C21, like C21, their logo crushed it. I think they did a great rebrand on their logo. But if you don't step back and say, hey, we're all working together towards one goal, we want real estate agents to survive as a whole, damn it. That's right. That's right. We're not going to be able to say this, this person did well, or you know what? They should have done a little bit better over here. It's not a sum zero game. It's a, it's, we're all better when we all, but but I will say that competition is also not a bad thing because that competition drives us to be better versions of ourselves. Talking at the brokerage and franchise community so that we're always investing. And when we compete with each other, it makes the agents better. So I think there's also a, a healthy part of this, which is when when we're pushing Realogy to get into the AI game and when when Redfin's pushing us to up our digital experience, when Century 21 does rebrand, like when all of us are, are, are constantly pushing each other to be better, the agents ultimately win that game. Well, you know, I love that you said that because, you know, that and people give Tristan and I, uh, Tristan and I get crap for it because, you know, obviously we run a brokerage neutral group, but we're KW agents. And we, brought, we, we created the group based on, based on the culture that we knew and the culture of sharing. And we're, true, we're truly believers in, in that the more you share, the better you get. The better you get. Yes. If I'm going to tell an agent my, my specific Facebook strategy, you better believe that I'm only going to get better so he doesn't beat me. And that's, that's what keeps me on my toes. And so that's, you know, I think you're right. We, we, you, someone, has to, someone has to do it first. Whether or not that person who does it first does it best, it doesn't matter. They're doing it first, and then someone else is going to come in and do it as well. And that person who did it first is only going to up their game, step their game. You know what I mean? That's exactly. That's it. Josh, last question here. Hey, hold on. I was gonna, this was the question about iBuyers. Oh, talk my about gosh. That was a lot. I, text, I, texted, to you, to a no, I texted you that I was going to ask him. So um, this is we te- we we talking with the text. I'm texting Nick on the back end, Josh. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I gotta get on this. You know what? Come I'm on, gonna text you too, Josh. I'm gonna be. I like, texted I texted him saying that I like I like his your hair. What what product? Because I don't I don't have any, so I'm a little jealous. <laughs> it was a bit. Inman Inman put out the news that you guys are now getting into iBuyer. I mean, I know that over the last year or so, you guys have been beta testing this. So it's not like brand new news, right? But maybe it just put out there to the to the world as a whole. Talk to me about iBuyers. What's going on with that? You, you mentioned it earlier before how you don't you don't really see it being like a major competition. But why is KW starting to do it now? What's going to be the leverage for KW and and the agents? Yeah, so so I'm an extremely transparent person, right? Wrong or indifferent? So I'll tell you the 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 holds no bar. the The truth is, right now there's only a few companies that are owning that space of what iBuyer means. You know, Zillow, Open Door. You got a few other ones being on the market you're in. And so their worst nightmare is 180,000 of our agents, KW agents, being armed with the ability to go, I have that too. And so we imagine allowing the agents to go to a home, uh, go to a listing table and say, I've got the Josh team, I buy your program. 
Um, I've got, or we can do this on the MLS or we can do the blah, blah, blah. So that the agent can take all the options to it so that when there's, because the truth is if we empowered our 180,000 and growing agents to have that conversation, then what happens every time consumers have a lot of options and need clarity, they seek out a professional. So our whole strategy here is just how do we arm our agents to be able to go have that too so that they don't lose market share or deals because the, when, when someone is curious about the iBuyer, they feel like they can't go to their local agent to get that option. By the way, a lot of agents don't even know what iBuyer is. And personally, I don't even think, I think if you leverage it right, it's, it's, not a, it's not your competition. It's another avenue you can go down for your seller and say, hey, Mr. Seller, here's what we can do. I showed you my, my, my consultation. I can also bring an offer to, this, to these investors and get you all cash when we close in a week. You know, so sure. you tell me what you want to do and, and you get the commission. And I personally think that, listen, KW may not have been the first one to get into the game, but so what? There's plenty, <laughs> like there's plenty, this is technology. Like we, 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 we well, to, to that point our are the reason we weren't first is because we, we don't, we are, our core business is not buying and selling homes. We're right. doing this in a moment, strategically in a moment in time, because we don't want our agents to ever lose a deal or ever lose a conversation. And we saw a path for a small percentage of the population that would be disinterested in the hassle-free thing. And that there's this perception or this brand being built around, will you do that through Zillow or you do that through Open Door? And so, no, we want to empower agents to be able to say, I do that too. And that's simply, that's that simple. Well, one more comment, then we'll move on to the final question that Tristan has. Uh, when this was posted on Facebook in one of the groups, it went on for days and people were like, well, Zillow does that. Zillow does that. And I'm like, wait a minute. So now, now we're, we're good with, with, with that. We're good with Zillow doing it. Like, so, and I said, but if your brokerage were to create this, wouldn't you rather go through them? Don't you think they have your best interest over Zillow? So said, so said differently, said differently than Zillow does that too, which is exactly, we want to arm as soon as Zillow is now is going direct to buying and selling homes where they're picking the realtor. We want to go to allowing our agents to be able to take that to their clients so that the client, the agent has a chance of being that realtor because Zillow is picking their realtors. Does that make sense? And so right. You have to get, you have to get into that iBuyer program. It's not just anybody. And that's a very limited pool because they're not paying full commissions. So they're right. reducing their commission spend with the, and they're doing that by get by guaranteeing volume to these agents. So yeah, a consumer can go to Zillow and do an iBuyer, but that, but, but if that consumer's in your database, well, now you potentially lost a deal. So we want to empower our agents say, yeah, we have that too. No worries. And I can be your fiduciary through this transaction because I'm still acting as the agent. God, I love Makes that. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. All right, dude. Well, last so, question. Softball. You guys are going to give me a softball, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's the softball question. Mm -hmm. uh, Iron Man versus Captain America. Who do you like better? Oh, I mean, Iron Man, obviously. Dude, yes. Marvel, Marvel versus DC. Marvel, uh, come on. Movies aside, movies aside, characters, Josh. Movies characters. aside. I'd probably, I'd probably go Marvel over, over character-wise. I mean, DC's throwback for me as, as a person. Yeah, listen, Marvel's you know, we can, story lines. Right. we can still be friends. It's okay. <laughs> right, I'm guys. still upset at you. You don't even watch Star Wars. You need to catch up before December, bro. <laughs> 
All right, guys, I got to run. I appreciate you all. Awesome. I'm glad that the last question was a hardball and not a softball. That's exactly right. Dude, so great that you were on. I know you're the busiest guy in real estate, so we're we're, we're super thankful to have you. And uh, this has been great. Feedback's awesome. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with friends and hit subscribe to get notification of all future episodes. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.